Welcome to the Search the Scriptures podcast, where we dive into scripture and provide the explanation of it in the most accurate light that we can. Search the Scriptures is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the Christian, challenging our brothers and sisters along with ourselves to see if we have set aside the commands of God to set up our own traditions. To do this, we use scripture to explain scripture. Please join us on this journey. So let's jump into this, this Bible topic study. Uh, it should be pretty interesting. We have a lot of scriptures. And for today, the topic is what happens when we die. So we're going to take a look as far as I can tell what scripture says. We're going to take a look at a few different things. We're going to look, take, about, take a look at the location, activities, uh, what we're waiting for at that point and kind of walk through this uh portion of scripture so before i do though i want to open up if anybody has any questions or comments about any comments about this particular subject and i wouldn't think too many people want to talk about this but we all got to go through it. what you got for us g You're muted if you're speaking. Hey, Cam. Yes. Um, are you going to speak about the scripture that talks about like everyone's going to have to basically go through death? Is that a scripture? You know, I got a lot of scriptures here, and I don't know if I have that one that is say this. Okay. And I, the only reason I was asking is, is that part is is that part uh he's speaking to everyone or is that just like a group of people at that time that everyone's going to have to die yes in order to uh go into heaven well it's uh i want to say it's coming from hebrews and right. uh let's say nine twenty-seven. i think i'll read it says uh just as a just as man is appointed to die once and after that to face judgment so also Christ was offered once to bear the sins of, man, of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. So uh, that would, I think that's the scripture that most people are actually, uh, I would say, would lean towards. But yeah, it's, it's appointed for us to die once. I don't know if that answers your question. Okay, appreciate it. No problem. All right, well, it's a nice way to, to kick this off. So we jump into it. First thing I'm going to take us through is a few different uh, scriptures that I believe show the location of the dead. So we're going to look at the location of, of, according to what scripture says, where we go whenever we die. So I'm starting Numbers chapter 16, verses 31 through 34. And it says, just as he finished speaking all these words, the ground beneath them split open. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households, all coarse people and all their possessions. They went down alive into Sheol with all that belonged to them. The earth closed over them and they vanished from the assembly. At their cries, 
all the people of Israel who were who were around them fled because they thought the earth may swallow us too. So we have this particular verse right here that is saying that um, what happened was these people rebelled against God, rebelled against uh, um, Moses, and the ground opened up just as Moses had said would happen to them. The ground opened up and swallowed them alive. So they went alive into this realm of the dead called Sheol. So they went to Sheol alive, falling down into it. But notice what happened where, where they went. It was in the earth. It's somewhere in the earth is where they went to. Questions or comments on this so far? All right. Let's go to the next one. So Psalms chapter 55 verses 13 through 15 tells us, but it is you, a man who is my peer, my companion and good friend. We used to have close fellowship. We walked with the crowd into the house of God. Let, let death take them by surprise. Let them go down to shield alive because evil is in their homes and within them. So in Psalms, which is strangely, uh, predicting what's going to happen with Jesus in the future is speaking about, uh, he says, my close companion, my friend is actually who turned on me, uh, 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 referencing all week to, uh, to Judas. And, uh, and so, but interesting here, he says the same thing. He said, let them go down to shield alive. So we know a direction is down is, 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 is below us in some kind of way. Questions or comments on this? All right, it's eerily silent today. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. So uh, Ezekiel chapter 31, verse 16 says, I made the nations quake at the sound of its downfall when I threw it down to Sheol to be with those who descend to the pit. Then all the trees of Eden, all the well-watered trees, the choice and best of Lebanon were comforted in the underworld. So there's a lot of strange stuff going on in just, just this one verse, but this is the Lord speaking and it's talking about this downfall of this city. It says he threw it down to Sheol, to this realm of the dead, to be with those who descended to the pit. But then he goes on to speak about the trees of Eden and saying they're going to be comforted in this underworld, causing an underworld. And on top of that, you know, I would thought that god would be so concerned with uh trees and their feelings but here we are he's talking about them being comforted in the underworld questions or comments on this so far what you got g okay so why is he saying let them go into the realm of the dead but alive it's kind of like I'm not I'm not understanding that like they're going to the realm of the dead, but he wants them to be alive. Yeah. So while they're living, they go. They're going to die there. Don't get me wrong. It just on their way here. They're alive. They're seeing it as they're as they're going there. So they're dying in the process of falling that far into earth. I don't know. It just it's just what we're told is what we're given. When, when, we talk, when we're talking about like the the, uh, the people of uh, of core chorus people, uh, when they they fell into it, 
the earth opened up and while they were still alive they fell into the realm of the dead the actual place where the dead is they fell into it while they were still alive they didn't they didn't die and then were, was carried down to this place or transported down to this place they physically their whole body their their soul their their spirit and their body fell down into this place which had to be just the scariest time what you got for us ben and just in case anybody that looks at this thinks that underworld is some kind of spiritual place the uh actual translation of that world word is the lowest part of the earth amen thank you for that that clarification that's actually really good so yeah it's we're told that this is an actual physical place and uh we'll take a look at some more is there some great comments on this so if we continue on to psalms chapter 63 verse 9 it says but those who seek to destroy my life will go into the depths of the earth again a location of where this place is it's in the earth i don't know i can't tell you exactly where it's at but it, we're told over and over that this place exists in the earth questions or comments on this before i go to the next one all right so the next one is isaiah chapter 26 verse 19 it says your dead will live their bodies will rise awake and sing you who dwell in the dust for you will be covered with the morning dew and the earth will bring out the departed spirits so here we have again we see these spirits are kept somewhere in the earth and when this time with the resurrection it says the earth itself will bring out the departed spirits questions or comments on this what you got for us ben i, I don't want to get too far into your lesson are you gonna um talk about um what happens when the spirit leaves us and all that kind of stuff you know what uh go ahead and jump all the way over i don't care go ahead this is this is great stuff Go ahead and give I'll, us what you're going to say. I'll, I'll wait a second. Okay. But I do believe that it is coming up. But yeah, anytime you want to jump in, I don't, I do not care. I love this stuff because I'm learning too. Anybody else got anything on this? All right. So Luke chapter 16, verses 22 through 24 says, One day the poor man died and was carried away by the angels. To Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, he looked up and saw Abraham a long way off with Lazarus at his side. Father Abraham, he called out, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to, tip, to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this flame. So we have the situation where Jesus is giving this account of a person two people that died one a rich man the other's a poor man the poor man died and he was carried by the angels to abraham's side and then this other man the rich man he's in torment in hades when he died and he says he looked up now the cool the, the i guess cool thing to me i guess but not necessarily cool for him is that they can see each other according to this they can, so they're in the same place 
they're in the same place. They're able to actually see one another. And I just find it interesting. This is just, just, just me. You can take this with a grain of salt. But I do find it interesting that the man is pointing out things that he sees. One of them, of course, is he's able to see uh, uh, Lazarus. But two is that uh, he's able to tell that there's water. There's water there. There's water somewhere because he's saying it. He says, have him dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. And so he, wherever this place is in the earth, there, he's seeing these things, it looks like. Questions or comments on this so far? What you got for us, G? Yo, that's really like torment. Like he can see the things around him that he needs and he can't even get to it. Like that, uh, it's a place of torment. I can tell that's not even really big to really, you know, make a huge claim about. But man, he's seeing the things around him that he can't even get to. Amen. And this, and this, this is a, uh, this, this turns to like a really big sermon. I mean, as, as, as he goes on and explains, he says, well, if you won't do this for me, at the very least, send him back to warn uh, my brothers so that they don't come down to this place. And, and then Abraham goes on to say, your brothers have the prophets in the scripture. If they don't believe them, they won't believe someone returning from the dead. Uh, so that doesn't just have that that doesn't just play. Um, that's just that isn't just right for his brothers, that's right for us too. The the things that we want to see to validate our faith. The truth is, if you're living a certain type of lifestyle, if I'm living a certain type of lifestyle, and my dead mother came back from she came back from the dead and says, Savoy, you must stop this. You cannot do this. Do not do this. If I'm all the way into my lifestyle, though it shakes me up, I ain't changing. That's just that's according to scripture. That's just what it is. That that's just what's going to happen. It, it doesn't even matter at the end of the day. If we won't listen to the to to the word of God, then it, it, it would make no difference if a person comes back from the dead. But yeah. Anyway, that's my it's, it's very interesting. That's, a, that's actually a really good topic to go to go over at some point. What you got for us, Ben? Correct me if I'm wrong, too, that um, it seems that claim that he made, like if they don't believe the 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 prophets, uh, Moses and the prophets, and they're not going to believe if somebody comes back from the dead. Um, do you think he was also speaking about his own death? Um, you know, like just knowing that Jesus did this necessarily is not enough to save a person. How do you feel about that? That's an interesting. That's a deep one. Uh, I I I will I will say that um, the only reason any of us believe is supernatural uh, is because um, of the faith that Jesus Himself has given us. So and so I, I'm gonna take us. I'm gonna play it safe like that. That even if we see, if we were to see it with our own eyes. Um, there would still be a, a, a ton of disbelief in in what his words were. We may be able to say, "Yes, he he he." Read, I saw him. He actually came back to life, and then he told us these things. But will we actually do those things? I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think you're right in that. What you got, man? And I'm even thinking about, um, you know, when this when this happened. I can't remember at what point it happened, but. Um... 
when he died, people rose from the graves right then. Is that correct? That's right. At the moment he died, uh, it says tombs were or, or yeah, tombs were open. People came out of the graves. Man, it was breaking up. I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. I said, yeah, you're right. Whenever he died, uh, the graves were open, and and people came out of the graves. So, so if that's the case, then you get get the that acts, you? and it talks about the there was only like 120 believers, or something like that. And so that just proved that like all these people wrote all these dead people rose from the grave, and then yet nobody still believed. You know, that's right. I'm from if I'm thinking if I remember this right, they rose from the they rose from the dead and they went into the city. And uh, there's people I'm sure that believed when it happened, but you're right. Is 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 still even after all that, there was still enough disbelief. That's, that's interesting. You bring up some really great points. Hey, Alexis. Hello. So we will look into. Um, that's all I have for the location of the dead. Uh, any other questions or comments on this before I go to, uh, go further? Believe it or not, these are just some of the scriptures that bring about the location of the dead. Uh, there's there's several more. There there are a lot more, but it just starts to sound redundant because they just keep saying the same thing. Uh, we'll look at another one that also tells us the location, but it'll be a little bit later from Jesus himself. So continuing on, we're going to take a look at some activities that I'm that I found what it says anyway. What goes on? What goes on in this in this realm of the dead? So Isaiah chapter fourteen, verses nine through ten says. Sheol below is eager to greet your coming. He stirs up the spirits of the departed for you, all the rulers of the earth. He makes all the kings of the nations rise from their thrones. They are they all respond to you saying, you too have become as weak as we are. You have become like us. So we're given an example here. We're given, uh, this is saying that, uh, that uh, Sheol below, again, it's the direction. It's Sheol below, it's below us. It says it's eager to greet this particular person coming down. And it says that God himself stirs up the spirits of the departed so that they'll actually respond to him. They'll rise and respond to him. What you got for us, Alexis? So since it says that, I've always wondered. So when people are passing, you know, they I don't I don't know if you've ever seen anybody pass before, but. I have seen three people pass in front of me and um, two of them I've heard talking to somebody. I don't know who. Um, and one I just saw staring in a direction and they lifted their arms. Well, what do you think? Like, you think it's the people from shield that are they're talking to, like are greeting them? Uh, just going off of scripture, I would say it's not the people from shield, but we are told, for instance, in the previous uh, verses, we went back that uh, and uh, well, yeah, from the previous verse where it talks about Lazarus, it says the angels actually carried him to Abraham's side. And so uh, that could be uh, it could just be just the mind doing what the mind does. But according to scripture, yes, angels take us to these people. In fact, it would say over and over and over when a person would die, 
in the Old Testament, it says, and then they were gathered to their people. And I didn't know, I always thought gathered to their people just meant, you know, they were they were buried. But that's the way the scripture actually says it. Like they are literally brought to their ancestors, to their fathers. And so, uh, and so that's the only, that's the only thing I can think of in scripture that says what, if we actually see something then that's what we're seeing. Interesting. That's so interesting to know now, you know, versus then like, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I remember my mother was telling me about, uh, someone that, that, uh, that was sickly in our family that, uh, and she, she would go and visit her often. And she would tell me, she said, you know, she would see before she died, she would say, Hey, did you see those people when you came in here? And she said that, uh, she said, and my mother's like, I didn't see anybody, you know? And she's like, no, so they, they come in here and they look around and so they'll leave. So they'll, they'll be back in here. You'll see them. Yeah. And, that, uh, sorry. Go what was ahead. that? No, no go ahead, Alexis. Gonna, I was going to say the same thing with my mom. That's why I said, uh, when I went to go visit her um, and my mom actually died in my arms, but prior to that, like weeks prior to her passing, she told me that um, for me to tell the cowboy behind me to turn off his cigarette. And that, I mean, there was nobody behind me, you know, but just to, because she kept saying it over and over, I was like, Hey, just turn off your cigarette, you know, like, cause I just don't know, you know, like, it's just crazy, you know, like things like that, that happen. It's insane to me. So I always wonder like what they see before they go. Yeah. And this, and, and honestly, it is tough to know, like I say, if that's a for real thing that they saw, or if that's just, you know, the brain just doing what the yeah. brain does. But, uh, but yeah, we, as far as scripture is concerned, we are told that it is angels that take us, that, that take us there. Wow. Yeah, great comments. So yeah, so uh let's let's continue on. Talking about the activities there. So Ezekiel chapter 32, verse 21 says, Warrior leaders will speak from the middle of Sheol about him and his allies. They have come down. The uncircumcised lie slain by the sword. Again, speaking to an, to an extent about a location. So it's the middle of Sheol, and then they say the direction that they've come from, they've come down to Sheol. But we have here, they are aware of what's going on there, at least there. I don't believe that they know what's going on here in the living, but as far as what's going on there, they are aware of what's going on, according to these scriptures. Any questions or comments on this so far? All right, let's look. I'll say something. Um, I think it's interest, interesting. So these people will be brought to the middle of Sheol um, around him and his allies. And earlier, when the people were, it seemed like they were in punishment, it said uh, the underworld, which, like I said, was translated to the lowest part of the earth. So, you know, even, even you know, the, the other, the Luke scripture that you had said that there was, Two different places. It appears that they're both in the earth, but there's different levels to it. You know, exactly. That Luke, uh, the the Luke verse he's going over as it continues on. Uh, Abraham would say that there's this huge 
cutoff or chasm between the two of us. We can't re one can't reach the other. And so whatever the place is, it's, it's apparently pretty, pretty, pretty huge. Well, I guess it would have to be. And uh, and and yeah, and there's at least at least a couple of different levels to it. And there's one you'd prefer to be in. Great comments. So another one. Matthew chapter 12, verse 40 says, for as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. This is Jesus speaking, and he says that when he dies, he will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. So those three days and three nights in his death that he was not here on the earth his when he when he died that's actually where he was at in the spiritual realm in the realm of the dead that's where he was at for three days and three nights uh and we'll take a look into what he was actually doing there but as far as location again we're brought up we're brought here we're told here that that's where he was at he was in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights questions or comments on that so far what you got for us ben and just in case people think that something else happens in that um he tells the other thief on the cross he said today you'll be with me in paradise and then when he comes back from the dead after three days it says he, he tells his disciples i believe he said do not cling to me because i haven't ascended to my father yet so it's, it's he didn't enter into heaven at any point in those three days he went into the heart of the earth amen and that amen. And, and so paradise is not heaven it's something else hey, man ben coming through with the ad libs that's what i'm talking about great comments so yeah we'll take a look at what he was doing there for uh for these three days and three nights what was he what was he doing down there so let's take a look at that first peter chapter 3 verses 18 through 20 says for christ also suffered for sins once for all the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you to God after being put to death in the fleshly realm, but made alive in the spiritual realm. In that state, he also went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison who in the past were disobedient when God patiently waited in the days of Noah while an ark was being prepared. In it, a few, that is eight people, were saved through water. So a lot has happened within these two different verses. Uh, one, we're told that uh, he was put to death in the fleshly realm, which is what we're living in now. And they, but he was made alive in the spiritual realm. So he died, his flesh died, but he was alive in this realm of the dead. So he's in the realm of the dead and he's speaking to people in the realm of the dead, making a proclamation. What proclamation, I wonder? The gospel. We'll look at that here in a little bit. How we know it's the gospel. So he's tell he's speaking. He's preaching a gospel to these spirits in prison. And the interesting thing about the these spirits that are in prison, it says these are people since way back in the days of Noah. The, they were they were disobedient since way back then. The world was flooded because of these people. That's how evil they were. It says they. It says. Uh, uh from youth every thought they had every inclination was evil right and i don't know that it stopped there i'm pretty sure it's still today because we're still the same human beings so 
it's interesting that he went to go preach the gospel to them. Even they get a shot. Even they get a chance at salvation. Even though the whole entire world was flooded because of them. Questions or comments on this so far? What you got, G? Do you believe that same level of grace will be extended to those who die after, who have died after, you know, Jesus came back after the three days? Uh, I I, I would say yes, um, because he's the good shepherd, and if they are his sheep, they will be found, because he's the good shepherd. Not one will be lost. You got anything to say on that, uh, Ben? So, and I'm trying to read this again. Does um, it doesn't necessarily say that these people were saved? Now, I believe at least some of them were, but do you think all of this group of people were saved, or he just went and grabbed some of those that were actually his? I think it's just what you said that uh, he preached the gospel. And that those who were to accept, accept it. I mean, I mean, think about it at the time. Now, these people are in this place. All they know is what's been brought down to them. So as far as we can tell. Right. So you got other people that come down there. You got prophets. You got people. Now you got people that seen him alive and they may have died. They may have heard about it or something. They died and they're telling about all these things that are going on. And here he shows up and he's there and he is every way just like one of them. He is just like one of them. And and he's preaching this saying, believe on me and you will have salvation. And I can't help but feel that there was some that be like, you're just like one of us. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you were stuck in here with us. And uh, and then on the third day, he gone. And so it just I don't know. I just find it interesting. But, yeah, I do feel that I don't I'm not going to I'm not going to be. not even enough to think that every last one of them believed, but if any of them were his sheep, they absolutely did. Does that make sense? Yes. Some great questions and comments on this. I love this. So we'll take a look at uh, another scripture that this follows this up, saying what he was doing down there. And so First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 6 says, For this reason... The gospel was also preached to those who are now dead, so that although they might be judged by men in the fleshly realm, they might live by God in the spiritual realm. So I honestly can't even fully comprehend nor teach on what this is saying. I mean, I can't tell you that that uh, that they have a chance like they got to they got to also do works in the spiritual realm. I mean, I can't say any of this. I don't know if that's what that's what this is saying, but it does say live by God in the spirit in, in the spiritual realm. Uh they they uh they were judged by men while they lived here on the earth and some in that judgment may have actually been put to death. But it says that they can be made alive there. But this it says that's why the gospel was preached unto the dead. So the dead now uh, not only have been have, have had the the gospel preached to them, and maybe continually, I don't know, but 
it was done so that also that that Jesus is the is the judge of the living and the dead, the quick and the dead. Because so so the so the gospels preached to those that are living and also to those that are dead. Nobody will be without without ex escape. Questions or comments on this? Do you still had your hand up on those from the last time? All right, we will continue on. So I'm gonna read first Samuel chapter 28 verses 7 through 19. Again, we're talking about activities. What's going on in this place? So let's read this. It says, Saul then said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium so I can go and consult her. His servants replied, there is a woman at Endor who is a medium. Saul disguised himself by putting on different clothes and set out with two of his men. They came to the woman at night and said, and Saul said, consult a spirit for me. Bring up for me the one I tell you. But the woman said to him, you surely know what Saul has done, how he has killed the mediums and spiritists in the land. Why are you setting a trap for me to get me killed? Then Saul swore to her by the Lord, as surely as the Lord lives, nothing bad will happen to you because of this. Who is it you want me to bring up for you? The woman asked, bring up Samuel for me, he answered. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed, and then she said, Saul, why did you deceive me? She asked, I mean, she asked Saul, why did you deceive me? You are Saul. But the king said to her, don't be afraid. What do you see? I see a spirit form, I see a spirit form coming up out of the earth. The woman answered. Then Saul asked her, what does he look like? An old man is coming up. She replied, he's wearing a robe. Then Saul knew that it was Samuel and he bowed his face to the ground and paid homage. Why have you disturbed me by bringing me back up or by bringing me up? Samuel asked Saul. I'm in serious trouble, replied, replied Saul. The Philistines are fighting against me and God has turned away from me. He doesn't answer me anymore, either through prophets or in dreams. So I've called on you to tell me what I should do. Samuel answered, since the Lord has turned away from you and has become your enemy, why are you asking me? The Lord has done exactly what he said through me. The Lord has torn the kingship out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. You did not obey the Lord and did not carry out his burning anger against Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will also hand Israel over to the Philistines along with you. Tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me. And the Lord will hand Israel's army over to the Philistines. So a lot is going on right here. Saul had put out a decree to basically have killed anyone who was a medium or spiritist. These are people that spoke, communicated with the dead, right? They communicated with the dead. And as we can see here, some of them successfully do it. And so uh, as this happens, what's interesting is the location she sees Samuel comes from. He's coming out of the earth. And so he comes out of the earth and he starts speaking to uh to uh to Saul. I also find it interesting that part of the uh the law was not to consult. He said, Why would you consult the dead on matter on behalf of the living? And that's exactly what Saul, I mean, what Samuel says to Saul. Why are you consulting me? Why are you asking me about these things? I'm dead. Why are you consulting the dead about this? You already know better than this. And so uh, but yeah, so that's 
he I also find it interesting. There's a lot that's going on here. I also find it interesting that when he shows up, Samuel is upset that he was brought back. He's in the realm of the dead. And even in the realm of the dead, somehow is better than the realm of the living that we're in right now. Because he said, why did you disturb me? He didn't say, hey, man, I'll, hey, you're my, you know, because Saul was actually his favorite. He really liked Saul. He said, hey, man, how are things going? You know, he's like a son to him. He didn't ask about his own sons. He didn't ask about his wife. He didn't ask about anything that was going on in the life. He did not care. He didn't care about anything that was going on. I thought that was very, very telling. Questions or comments on this so far? What you got for us, Ben? So I've heard uh, I've heard somebody teach on this and say that this was actually like a familiar spirit, um, and like like or a demon or something like that. Like it wasn't actually Samuel that did it, but in the middle of the page there, it clear it clears up what's happening. And I'm I'm glad they put this in there so we knew for sure what was happening. After he asked why why have you disturbed me, it said Samuel asked Saul. And so, you know, it, it's not like the spirit of Samuel or a, or a demon or anything like that. The scripture says that Samuel asked all these things. Man, that's why I love you on these things, man. You definitely missed your calling as a lawyer. Uh, I would have never looked at it from that way, but you're right. What you got for us, Alexis? Were you going to say something? Yes, I was going to say something um, like... So people who say they consult with the dead, they're really not consulting with the dead. They're consulting with evil spirits, right? Because the dead is not to be disturbed. Well, according to this scripture, it is possible to actually communicate with the dead. Though I would say that for one is dangerous because for one, we're told specifically not to do this. Right. He didn't say it's impossible. He just said, don't do it. Uh, but two, yes, I do believe that if you're commu commuting, communicating with spirits, there's a good chance you're communicating with an evil spirit uh, and a familiar spirit, as, as Ben would say. But there are people, at least in history, which I, I can't help but believe also throughout today, that have the ability or had the ability to actually communicate with the dead. Uh, though we're told that we are not to do this at all. So in saying that, I know it, it may have piqued some, in, piqued some interest, but we are told do not do it. The same way that we're told, we were told not to eat from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The, the fruit from that tree was edible. It was clearly edible. We were just commanded not to eat it. Does that make sense? Yes, perfect. Great comments on that. Anybody else got anything on that? And I'll say just to clarify too, it doesn't seem like he would tell us not to do this thing if there was no way that it worked, right? So it it does work. So he tells us like if if we just consulted the dead and nothing happened who would really care, you know, but because something is likely to happen, he tells us not to do it. Great point, man. Great point. All right. So, uh, there's some great stuff on here. So we're, we're about to wrap it up though. 
I say that like I ain't got another five scriptures. So uh, continuing on, we're going to look at what are the dead waiting for? What, what are they, if, if we, we looked at some activity, we see that they're active down there. Uh, it's honestly like a whole nother life down there. And, but we see that they're active. What are they waiting for? So we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 39 through 40. It tells us all these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what, but they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. So this is one of the reasons some people will say, well, yes, there was a realm of the dead, but it's not there anymore because when Jesus left and he went back to heaven, he took everybody with him. But this here says that, that these people, when he talks about these particular people, he's talking about all the people from beforehand, uh, talking about David, uh, Abraham, all these, these heroes of the faith is what, it was, it was what they're called. And it says they did not receive what was promised and they wouldn't get it because they would not be made perfect without us. So we're going to all enter that perfection at the same time or that resurrection. That resurrection is going to happen all at the same time. Questions or comments on this so far? All right, let's go to the next one. So Daniel chapter 12, verse 2 says, Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life and some to shame and eternal contempt. So here we see the resurrection again. So remember, there's going to be two resurrections. Uh, there's going to be, uh, with some commonly say, the first resurrection, the resurrection of the, of the righteous. And then the second resurrection is the resurrection of, uh, of, of everybody else. But that's not uh, the way I'm seeing it play out in Scripture. The way I see it play out in Scripture, there's absolutely two resurrections. Uh, one is going to be the resurrection of those who died because of their faithfulness in Jesus Christ, and they were beheaded for their testimony. Those will be a part of the first resurrection, those who die for their testimony of Jesus Christ. That's the first resurrection. The second resurrection is everybody else. So the second resurrection is everybody else that didn't die, die in that tribulation. They will be brought back, the good and the evil, to, uh, to, to a resurrection and will be judged on our works at that point. Questions or comments on this so far? I don't really remember this, but those, those two resurrections, is it uh, probable that they'll happen back to back? Like like one happens and rise to that, the other happens? I don't really remember. No, in fact, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy because you did a whole study on it. <laughs> so this is where I pull this stuff from. So, uh, no, the first resurrection takes place and then a thousand years. They reign a thousand years with God. And then the second resurrection takes place. Yeah, that's right. What you got for us, Lexus? No, I was just going to say, I believe it's a thousand years and you said it. It's a thousand years. Amen. So yeah, so a thousand years. So they get the double honor of reigning with Christ for a thousand years because of what they went through, because of that, them not denying Jesus and were beheaded for their testimony. And so they 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 come back to life. And they and they uh this is a part of what I believe when it says the first will be last and the last shall be first. They are the last, they're the last ones, and so they go in first, and so they enjoy a reign 
uh, uh, reigning with Christ for a thousand years. And then the rest of us don't come back to life until after a thousand years. And that's when this happens, when it says uh, uh, some to eternal life and some to shame and eternal contempt. That That's when that judgment takes place. But yes, great comments and questions on this. I love it. So moving on. John chapter five, verse verses 28 to 29, going along what we're talking about, says, do not be amazed at this. Because a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good things to the resurrection of life, but those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of judgment. So here we have the second resurrection. And at the second resurrection, we can clearly see that there are people who will be thrown into uh, damnation. There are there are people who will be, uh, it says, uh, but to those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of judgment. So of this particular resurrection, there will be good people and bad people. And that's when apparently the sheep are separated from the goats. And so uh, this is this is when this time takes place. That's what these people in the realm of the dead are waiting for. The only ones that skip past all this are the ones in the future who die because of their testimony of Jesus Christ by that beheading that it says in Revelation. Questions or comments on this so far? All right, let's go to the next one. And so it goes on in Acts chapter 24, verse 15 says, and I have a hope in God, which these men themselves also accept that there is going to be a resurrection, both of the righteous and the unrighteous. So again, so Paul is on is on a trial here. And he's been and he's been accused by some Jews, some Pharisees, and he says that uh, he says I have a hope in God, and they also have this same hope about this resurrection. And so the resurrection takes place in the future, and at the resurrection there will be both righteous and the unrighteous. And that's when it says, and books are open. And the book of life is open and anyone whose name was not in the book of life was thrown into into uh into into the eternal fire is that what it says eternal fire lake of fire this is what we when we get to this point will be waiting for that's if we don't live long enough to live through the to the tribulation and then get the double honor because we do not deny our faith in god and and we're beheaded for our testimony of Jesus Christ. Questions or comments on this so far? All right. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52 says, in a moment, in the blink of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed. So I find it interesting here, he, he specifically says at the last trumpet, and it says the dead will be raised. So we're talking about some type of resurrection that takes place here, incorruptible, and it will all be changed. So uh, before I go into the next one, we'll look at this, what I do believe it is talking about the last trumpet. Questions or comments on this so far? What you got for us, Alexis? Where he says, and we will be changed. We will be changed to what? Incorruptible. 
So we will be raised so, incorruptible and we will be changed. So we'll mm -hmm. be changed to incorruptible. Incorruptible, yes. Right now we're in, like our bodies are corruptible. Like so we're oh, already a new creation. Um, but okay, our bodies okay. are, are are our flesh is horrible. Like it just it it yeah it causes us to do or want to do bad. And so that corrupted part of us will be gone. Okay, I get it. Went over my head. Got it. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for asking that. So we'll take a look at this at the last trumpet. In Revelations chapter 11, verse 15, I'm going to skip to 18 after that. So there's seven angels blowing these seven trumpets and then the last angel. So reading, it says, the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there was loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah. And he will reign forever and ever. The nations were angry, but your wrath has come. The time has come for the dead to be judged and to give the rewards to your servants, the prophets, to the saints, and to those who fear your name, both small and great. And the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. So here we have in these couple of verses, the seventh trumpet, the last trumpet blows. And it's and we're told that the time has come for the dead to be judged. And so the dead is going to be judged. And at this judgment, our, our uh his servants, his prophets, his saints are there. So that's what I mean by at this second resurrection, is not just the wicked, his people are going to be there. And it says that uh that because so his people are going to be there. They're going to get their reward and the rest of them are going to be uh, going to be destroyed. So this uh, destroy those who destroy the earth. And so that's what these people in this realm of the dead. According to what I'm finding in scripture are waiting for this particular resurrection. Questions or comments on this. Well, all right. I'll stop the recording here. Well, before you do that, I have something else to share. What's that? So you didn't really get into the spirit. Um, so I've had conversation with people about, you know, when you die, um, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. And then again, in Ecclesiastes 12, it says, Hey, uh, yeah, yeah you, I, you I, I had to look at the scripture. Um, it, it says that the dust returns to the dust and there's and the spirit returns to God. Right. And so, you know, they make the argument that everything that we just talked about is done. And so when we die, we, us in our spirit return to the father. Right. I'm following. So, and uh, I agree with all that. But not not us though. But I agree with all that. So, and it's funny because you know, as as we're going through this, like all these scriptures are popping in my head. Um, one of them being in Job. I don't remember where it says in Job, but it says, um, "Hold on, let me look it up real quick." While you're looking it up, um, so I'll read it, the Ecclesiastes verse. It says, "Remember him." 
before the silver cord is snapped and the golden bowl is crushed, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel is broken at the well, before the dust returns to the ground from which it came and the spirit returns to God who gave it. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about it right now. So in Job 27, verse 3, it says, as long as my, my breath is in me and the spirit of God in my nostrils. And uh, so I was watching this TikTok the other day and it was talking about the spirit of God um, being, being the breath of life, right? And that's what Job is talking about here. As long as the breath is in me and the spirit of God is in my nostrils, talking about the, the, the breath of life. Um, and I, I thought that was far-fetched until we get to Jesus's death and it says uh, he he let out a loud scream, and then he um, it, I can't remember how, exactly how it says, but he get, he gave up his spirit is what it says. So, um, and which is literally the the breath of life that's in his nostrils. He he gave that up, and then he went into the place of the dead. You know, so it's not like his his being ascended to to heaven yet. That was the breath of life that did that. It, that, that spirit um, returned to God in that way. Does that make sense? You know, absolutely. That's exactly that's exactly how I understand it. That's exactly how I explain it. That that spirit. It says, if I go into Ecclesiastes twelve seven, it says, before the dust returns to the ground from which it came, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. That's exactly what that spirit is. It's not the spirit of that person. It's the spirit of life that he gave because he, he, is, he is the father of all those other spirits of life. <laughs> Excuse me. Anything that has life in it belongs. That, that's from him. He gave that, that spirit. And he says that spirit is what returns to him. And, and so, uh, yes, I agree 100%. That's not us going up there and we know that jesus didn't go directly to uh to, to god afterwards he didn't return to god until several i mean well, it was like 40 or 50 days afterwards before he actually ascended so he didn't go up to god it was the spirit that gave him life returned to his father and so that's what he commanded back to his father was that was uh was was his the very thing that gives him life uh, and, and somewhere else, I want to say it's in Job also, it says something like, it, or maybe it's in Job, it says it's, it's apparent that uh, if God was to withdraw, withdrew, was to withdraw his, his, his breath, all life would cease. So that's what returns to him is that. So when a person dies and it says they gave up his ghost or the, he's given up the spirit, given up the ghost, that's what it is. The very thing that caused him to live that animated his body is gone that went back to god the spirit is the uh the soul itself goes down to the realm of the dead uh that is actually uh i had i used to not i used to have a, a, a an issue with um i thought soul and spirit meant the same thing and i don't know if ben can remember as far back but ben actually uh corrected me on that a long time ago where it says a specific um, verse where it says the uh, the word of God is like a double-edged sword. sword. It says uh, splitting apart even soul and spirit. And so that's what happens at death, that spirit. So in, in saying that, 
every person, whether whether they believe or not, has the spirit of God in them. If they if they are alive, they have the spirit of God in them uh, because that's what sustains them. That's what actually gives them life. Uh, Jesus himself has said, he says, the spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So the flesh is not able to survive on its own. It needs that spirit, spirit of God to uh, to keep them alive. But yes, I, I love it. You're right. Yeah, and even in even in Genesis, he says he created the man, and so this man was sitting there, and then he blew into his nostrils and breath of life. But um, that that Job verse that you're looking for is Job 34, 14 and fifteen. It says, "If God were to take back His spirit and withdraw His breath, all life would cease and humanity would turn again to dust." Amen. Thank you for that, man. I love this. I love this. Great comments, Ben. I love it.